We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience 3M Open DraftKings Picks in Preview. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, all you need to do is smash like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and give me your favorite player, one single favorite play from sub $7,000. You give me two, DQ'd right away. Single favorite play, sub $7,000. You're in a draw for 20 DK bucks, just like you will be if you subscribe, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can review it. Five stars, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show. Boom! Easy way to get in these draws for 20 DK bucks. And who doesn't like a free 20 DK bucks? I wish I was getting 20 DK bucks, because I could use it after last week in too much Dustin Johnson, but that was not a problem for our guest today from awesomeo.com at jazz DFS on Twitter. Ben Raza, you, sir, had a good week. I did have a pretty good week. Uh, it could have been great. I was team team posting late in the uh, Sunday, and obviously, not only did he not get it done in terms of winning, he kind of fell apart, which was a killer, but I survived. Like everyone, I had, of course, I had plenty of DJ, but I... I like when the cut is low like that, you know, in terms of the six of six. Uh, so that, that kind of helped. And it was a overall good week for, for a pretty, I wasn't a big fan of the event. So take it for what it is. Whoa, you, you weren't a big fan of the event. Why is that? I mean, it's just, I, I just can't, you shoot six under and you gain a couple spots on the leaderboard. I, I'm just not a fan of that. Too low. I hope this will be a little harder. I'm skeptical of that. We'll see, but. Yeah, Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, not uh, on the top of my list. I do want to let everyone know, uh, if you want to become a member at FantasyNational.com, the the getting is good right now. Uh, Last week, Fantasy National members won over $100,000, had another over $40,000 win as well on DraftKings, along with a few like $7,000, $4,000, $2,000. Then all of a sudden, after we record Monday's show, you get, boom, another one. It's like $200 in, 20K out uh, in the $5. So it was a great week for members of FantasyNational.com. So, I mean, if you want to be at in on FantasyNational.com, weekly, annual, or even monthly, which will bring you into the FedEx Cup playoffs at this point, hey, no better time to become a member than right now, FantasyNational.com. Let's talk about this course a little bit. Do you think it's going to play as easy as last week, despite being uh, lengthened by 300 yards? Over 7,400 yards, but everyone I've talked to, including myself, like doing the research on it, does not seem like it's going to, it's probably not going to be like minus 25 hard, but, or easy, but like minus 18 seems in play. It's definitely going to be easy. Uh, This is one of these weeks you're going to have bizarro scores because there's so much water. You're going to have, if like, if you're off, you're going to rack up gigantic numbers. But if you don't go in the water, you're going to score massively. So it's a big variance fest. It kind of reminds me of the Florida tournaments, to be honest, where you can just implode at any moment. 
But if you don't, you're probably going to go pretty low. In terms of overall stats to look at, it does seem like anytime you get at a birdie maker's core, strokes gained approach is going to be the most impactful of all the stats. But what you bring up in terms of this playing as sort of the homeless man's Honda Classic, where even if you put it in the water, you'll, you might be able to make it up with birdies, unlike at PGA National, where if you make a quad, you're basically done because there are more bogeys to come on that course. So are you putting any emphasis, not necessarily on driving distance or driving accuracy, but just overall strokes gained off the tee? I am. Um, yeah, good drive percentage, strokes gained off the tee. Obviously, with hazards, you can't be messing around with the water. You can make it up, but that's not going to get it done. So being aggressive, I think, will be help. You're going to have to go low. It's not like you can be conservative and grind it out. But I think step one is just, obviously, keep it out of the drink. You're going to have plenty of birdie chances you know, I don't get too much into the greens, but they look pretty standard. You're going to be able to make some putts if you can hit the surface. Yeah, 156 players in the field, top 70 in ties will make the cut. These are bent grass greens, and they're pretty big, but they're also incredibly flat, which should yep. equalize the putting just a little bit if you can figure out the proper green speeds on any given day. But are there certain players like the top end, like the Brookses, those sort of guys. And we saw this last week where it essentially turned into a, I'm a, I forget what it's called now, the corn fairy tour event <laughs> or one of these swing season events where maybe it's just better to avoid the top of the board or just take Hideki because he seems to show up at all these tournaments. Yeah. I mean, Hideki is just for, for not knocking on the door. He's there every week, somehow uh, gaining all around, you know, it's an interesting thing. I brought this up a couple of times during the year and I, I don't have numbers behind it, but I do think there's something to, you know, the mindset on, I'm calling it the web. People are just gonna have to deal with that is you got to go low. Uh, You got to be in attack mode where some guys who have been on tour, you know, they're, they're more apt to kind of take a conservative line to these holes, be a little less aggressive. And when you get into these type of events, I think that actually is counterintuitive. So I do lean a little to those guys who are used to attacking constantly. All right, so let's get into the most expensive players on the board. The number one player in the world, Brooks Kepka, is in Minnesota, as I will be, I mean, for the week, but I'll be there on Friday at the 3M. If you want to hit me up, just you know, tweet at me. I'll be periodically checking my phone until I get too drunk or it runs out of juice. But Brooks is, you know, the shade, $100 less than DJ was last week, eleven nine. I think that price tag is going to scare a lot of people off after everyone invested in DJ last week. Hideki's at eleven one. Day, Bryson, and Reed are the other three above ten thousand dollars ten nine ten five and ten thousand i mentioned this on the show with feinberg i re- i love bryson this week and i don't think i'm alone in that regard i like i mean i don't love the price tag here i don't love the betting odds but in full disclosure i bet the 14 to 1 number i also like patrick reed a lot and it feels like a lot of people aren't necessarily following me on this but they're drawing the same conclusions that i am in a spot like this at a high variance tournament is this one of the better spots to just avoid the chalk this week Oh, definitely. I mean, long term, that, that's what you want to do because water is so unpredictable in the sense of, you know, a shot if it's close to the drink, you know, one bounce and you're in other times you're not. So that's definitely something on a macro level. Uh, I'm big Patrick Reed this week. That's the guy for me. I just think that I, I totally get what you're saying with Bryson. I think Reed's kind of doing the same thing, though. He's starting to get it together. He was really good last week. Uh, people noticed, but it, it wasn't like he by any stretch broke through because Lashley was so far ahead. And I just think his game sets up well for this. I think he's poised to make kind of a late charge in what's been a pretty bad year for him. Yeah, in terms of Reed and Bryce, I guess Reed can win at any sort of course, but he's one of those players that once the irons get hot, then all of a sudden he's just making birdies and bunches. And Bryson, yep. if we expect this to be a low-scoring event, he's never won a tournament um, lower or higher, sorry, than 15-under. So it's been like 15-under, 17-under, 18-under. Like these are the type of events that he really wants to basically just fire at all the pins and hopefully he ends up getting a hot putter and the putter's been pretty good lately the approaches have been really good the one part of the game where he's struggling at at this moment at least is off the tee which is just really strange for Bryson it's been that kind of year with him I just feel like you know it's like a -a whack-a-mole situation he fixes one thing and then the putter's cold and yeah obviously off the tee is the least of my worries usually with him so I have no problem I expect he's going to be you know I don't have any thoughts on ownership per se but just off the top of my head I would expect he'll be pretty popular just because he is showing signs of life people like to play him um and I I, it's nothing against him but I I think for me Reed if I pay down obviously Decky I think is the safest of the bunch just because he 
churns out a good finish every single week. Yeah, I expect Hideki to be the highest owned player from above this $10,000 range. He was the highest owned player overall last week in the $5 on DraftKings and you know coming off another good week where he was the only expensive guy. I guess Fowler did okay, but Hideki actually did make a bit of a push that if you invested in Hideki last week and not Dustin, you were basically like, this is a big win for me. Uh, I probably got a six of six team through because I was looking at my lineups yesterday and just trying to re- like, where did I go wrong? Cause it was not a good <laughs> week for me. It was like 75% Dustin. Let's check that off as a huge error. But like, even guys like Duffner screwed me, Hoffman screwed me, but I went and looked at all my guys. I think every single player that I took below $7,400 made the cut, which is just mind boggling. It was a bizarre week. Cause all those guys, it just felt like they were correlated with DJ um, because you pay down to, to go get him. Brian Harmon was the guy who really hurt me. I could have had some big, big teams if he would have got through missed on the number, but yeah, Decky paid off. Ricky was not good. I had a lot of him. I was disappointed in his weekend, but no doubt that people are going to continue to play Hideki when he's on this run. Yeah. I'll probably end up, I generally don't play Hideki at these high numbers, but now, I probably won't be talking to it this week anyway because I enjoy losing money so, so much that mm. it'll be probably Bryson and Reed for me. But looking at the overall ownership percentages, at least early on, these are going to fluctuate all throughout the week, especially after you know, people get a chance to dig in on Wednesday or watch this show and be like, oh, they said so-and-so is low-owned, so let me take that guy. And then all of a sudden that guy's ownership is through the roof. But it does appear like Brooks is coming in way below everyone else. Is this just saying, screw it, let's go with Brooks Kepka? Yeah, I mean, I'm a noted at this point, not a big Brooks fan. I'm going to probably be over the field this week, though. I don't mind paying up for him, maybe even being aggressive, uh, trying to pair him with Reed in some spots. If he's going to get, I know, you know, it's one of these things. It's a narrative until it's not. Oh, Brooks, you know, he doesn't care. And then he shows up at the majors. Well, one of these weeks, he's going to blow the field away in a garbage event. uh, And then that's all going to change. So the price is more than fair, considering how good he is. And if the ownership's low, I'll probably force myself to, to get over the field. Yeah, the way that I'm looking at it on FantasyNational.com right now, they have projected at 13%. But when you look at actual lineups that have been generated with him in it, it's down at 7%. So a lot of people are starring Brooks, but they're not liking the lineups that they're seeing. Once, the, once Brooks gets spit out because he takes so much of your salary cap, they're like, you know what? I'll pay down for Matsuyama. That allows me to upgrade from like a $6,400 guy into a $7,200 guy. And I just like that team better. But I think this is a week to really Really take a swing for the fences absolutely there's no doubt about that uh and if if we get a line that brooks isn't going to be and he's i think it's fair to say that there's no chance he's more popular than that decky that's just not going to happen um you can you should consider doing that and trying to be you know a little different it's going to make an uncomfortable build to start but obviously you can do it so does that mean no Jason Day for you? Because I thought that he would end up becoming the forgotten guy here, but I think people are really enamored with that price versus and people don't like Bryson. People don't like Patrick Reed. So that's always going to cap their ownership to a point. It's like Ian Poulter in that regard, where people just genuinely don't like him, so they don't want him on their DraftKings team. They want to root against him. And there's enough haters for Reed and Bryson just in the overall golf fandom that, hey, that, that's going to cap their ownership to an extent. In terms of Jason Day, people seem to like Jason Day unless he's withdrawing. But when you think about like class players, for whatever reason, Bryson and Reed don't get put into the same sort of stratosphere as Day, despite the fact that you know Bryson's won way more recently. Day is tough. I always have trouble kind of ranking him in terms of tiers. You know, the last time we saw him at Travelers, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, he's a great putter and he couldn't putt. If he shows up with that T degree game, he's going to be serious contender. I, obviously, I'm going to take a look at him, but I do have him behind kind of some of the other guys up there. Unless something changes, if we see something with a tee time split, I think he's not the priority for me, despite being somewhat appealing. So Reed and Bryson are probably my, they are my two favorite plays, but it does sound like we're both going to jump on Brooks as well because of the low ownership. Yeah, I don't think you're going to need, I obviously, I, I still think that Decky makes the most sense, but so does everybody else. So it would be Reed and Decky, but Brooks is a guy I think I can get over without overhauling my lineups. And that's always a good thing to do. I think that if you take 20% of Brooks, if you, let's say, play 10 lineups, you have two, you play 20, you play four, that's going to be more than double the field this week. Yeah, and, and I'm totally okay with that. Uh, it's not a guy that I'm looking to to really make a stand against or for, to be honest. I want a little leverage. 
Uh, and then I'll move on because there's just some other spots that I think I'd rather be more aggressive on. Uh, 9K range, we have Rory Sabatini at $9,500. Then Neiman, then Finau, Hovland, and Sung J.M. I don't know what to do with these guys. Uh, I might just go full fade of this entire range because I, I think a lot of guys make sense. Like Hovland rates out really well. Obviously, he's playing really well. But people are going to be all over him. Sung Jay, I can't pick the right week with Sung Jay anymore. It's like he trades good week for bad week. He's coming off a good ball striking week. He had been carried by his putter in like the three tournaments before that. But he just plays so much that it always just feels like there's a cap on him where good performance, good performance, good performance. And he just flames out for three weeks. Then he ends up coming back. Finau, I the guy can't strike an iron anymore ever since he came second at Colonial. But it does feel like he might end up being the lowest owned somehow of this year, even behind. If you told me at the beginning of the year that Tony Finau would be a lesser price than Rory Sabatini in an event where you needed to make a ton of birdies, yet Rory Sabatini would still be higher owned, I would not have believed you. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, I like Tony Finau this week. I know this is, for anyone who watches a lot of my shows, they're probably stunned at what's going on here because another guy I don't like to play, but I, I know he's playing bad. I know it's three straight miscuts. I am buying in this spot. He's right next to Hovland, which I think is a perfect price for him. The game should fit. I know if it's in poor form, it's not going to matter. But this is still a guy that, you know, he would have been way more expensive and way more popular if he had shown some form lately. And he's surrounded by a bunch of guys that, you know, they're priced up because they're playing well. But I don't know if they're really 9K golfers. Obviously, it's a weak field. But man, it's hard not to look to Fino despite the form. It's just very difficult to figure out. Like he's bled strokes putting in three consecutive events but he returns to bent where he generally is a better putter than on any other surface like he's pretty neutral on poa he's been losing a ton of strokes on bermuda grass greens and yeah it does seem like a leverage play like if you went brooks fina to start the team you don't have a ton left over for your average guy but it does seem like there's enough guys in this bottom seven thousand dollar area that you could populate a team that doesn't suck yeah you could do that um and this is it's going to be really interesting and that's why just to go back for a second, I don't think people want to play Brooks because people are going to want to take Hovland, oh, yeah. Neiman's, those type of guys. And it's pretty difficult to do that. Uh, you want that extra saving. So that's why guys like Decky, guys like Bryson, going to be really appealing. Um, I just, I know Hovland's great and he's going to be really good, but man, this just feels like a spot where you're, you're starting to ask a lot of him with the price. And I know he's been churning out great I mean, that round on Sunday was unbelievable, but I'm still a little skeptical of this spot. There is an anti-bias mode feature on Fantasy National where you can just remove the names of all the players. They give them names of singers, and then you don't really know who you're picking until you turn it back on. And when I did it, uh, I just found myself not being able to exclude Rory Sabatini at all because he's been so good. But then I looked at the name, and I was like, I don't want to play Rory Sabatini for $9,500. I just don't. But then I look at the results. Third, 43rd. That was at the U.S. Open. 27th, 6th, 5th, 18th, 10th. Like, the guy is absolutely crushing it, and he tends to crush it against really crappy fields. There's not much to say. I mean, the guy, he gains off the tee virtually every week. And honestly, through this run, he's pretty much gaining everywhere. The putter's been great. The irons are solid. Scramble's just fine. He's Rory Sabatini at 9,500, though, is just something that I can't fathom. I really can't. I know he's playing great. Maybe in a hybrid balance cash lineup, I still. I still just have more skepticism. I'd rather pay the $500 and go get a guy like Reed, who is just in a tier way different than, than Sabatini for me. Yeah, see, I feel exactly the same way. It's just a bet on overall skill. Like even being able to pay down to Fina was just insane compared to Rory Sabatini. But if you want to go with that consistency, I don't hate it, but it's just not going to be for me. The 8K no. guys, when we take a peek at it, you got Keegan in there. You also have Kevin Streelman, who's been super fire lately. Then it's like the, the rest of the regulars. More, nah, Phil is playing in this tournament uh, with a ton of water. Don't love that. Charles Howell third, Lashley coming off the win. Piercy Hadwin, Berger, Harmon. For me... Uh, Keegan is a tough one to figure out. Keegan seems to be the guy that everyone says they're not going to play, and then they're going to end up playing Keegan because they're going to look at the approach numbers, their lights out. He's coming off a great finish at the Travelers Championship. He's sort of the accurate distance iron ball striking type player, and you hope you can get another good putting week from him like you got at the Travelers, and he ended up coming second. So it's tough to him. It's going to be tough for him to replicate that on the arenas because he's normally so, so poor, but who knows? For me, I like Howell. 
strangely enough, at 8400 bucks. I like Piercy at 82 And then I can't wrap my mind around who the third person is going to be for me. It, I kind of want to go back to Moore coming off a week where he absolutely burned everyone. I can see him coming at low ownership. Or maybe it's going to be someone like Adam Hadwin, who was very popular two weeks ago and screwed everyone. I hate this range. I, I want him out. I, I This is the worst range uh, for the entire slate for me. There's problems with all these guys. I'm kind of with you. I looked at Keegan and I I know it's not, Oh, he's immediately going to regress, but he gained 10 strokes putting at travelers. Like, obviously we know that's not happening. CH three was someone I was actually pretty surprised that he was somewhat popular last week and he was good for a while, had a rough close, but man, I mean, he's probably towards the top here. For me, going flat 8K, I'm going to take a stab with Brian Harmon. I had him last week. He missed on the number. I still think he's kind of turning it around. Another guy, not a great year. But man, I don't like a lot in this range at all. Yeah, there's not really much that differentiates this $8,000 range from like 7,500 up to 8,000. Like it's all basically the same guys. Like when we talk about, I don't know, Piercy and Nah and Berger and Harmon and those guys, what's really the difference between Duffner and Hoffman and Watney and that type of player? Totally agree. I mean, and that's where, you know, this is, if I can steal some salary, it's probably going to be in this spot because. I don't see a huge difference. Uh, you've got lightning rod fill in the middle. I can't and- l- listen. I, I love, I, I've really enjoyed new Phillies doing interviews by candlelight <laughs> with his mom. Now on Instagram, I'm all for that. You get me to a course where there's water, there's 27 water hazards. Uh, it's in play on 14 of the 18 holes. Like that's not going to be good for Phil off the tee. It just can't be. And he nope. might uh, like, even what was it travelers or was it last week when he was like four under to open. And then all of a sudden he was like seven over in the next round. Like it seems like one of those weeks for Phil. Yeah, Phil is a guy that this year I have been using in showdown in certain spots, and it's been great uh, because in spurts he looks like he still has it, but he can't. He just can't hold it together. So, not for me. Uh, Hadwin's the other you mentioned him. Interesting. Uh, I looked at him a, a good amount. I know the form is not great, but you're not going to find anyone in this 8K range that's really checking all the boxes. So I'll probably lean to him if I have to get another guy, but. Overall, not not a range I'm attacking too heavily. Yeah, so it'll be Howell for me and Piercy solely because when you get to some of these birdie fests, you think about swing season, you think about ball striking. The ball striking hasn't actually been very good over the past few months. And it's funny, he had those like six straight birdies to start the U.S. Open. You're like, oh, Scott Piercy, U.S. Open, savant. And then he just went <laughs> away. But I do like him in a tournament like this, where it's just going to be, you know what, let's go fire at some pins because that's his entire game. Yeah, I just, I have trouble with him right now because like you said, he's an elite ball striker who's not really striking it great. Um, I actually, yeah, at the US Open, it was all smoke and mirrors. Do I dare say, I'm not even saying I'm going to do this, but I feel like nobody is going to play Nate Lashley. I mean, I'm trying to look at, I'm looking at it right now in terms of ownership percentage, I got him around 8%. So that would be in the same realm. Like people are using the same as Kevin Na, a bit more than Ryan Moore. Uh, less than Scott Piercy, less than Hadwin, double burger. Man, Brian Harmon, 1% ownership. That's probably that's what change. I'm talking about. That is, I mean, I used Brian Harmon last week too. I should have used Nate Lashley. Although I couldn't. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, so, someone was hitting me up on that. It's like, oh, what, what a bad look. The winner's not even the, the DraftKings system, but like, I feel like DraftKings has done a really good job at adding the qualifiers on a Monday, sending out the alerts, but he just joined the field too late. Like he wasn't even offered on betting books. No. Yeah. I mean, it was a tough sledding when you can't get the first round leader, the winner. Uh, yeah. It, it was just one of those crazy things. Um, yeah. Good for him. But you know, they added Taylor Gooch and other guys that, you know, were in there. It's, it's just an anomaly. Um, I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do with Lashley. Do you think you'll have a piece of him at all? Maybe just a sliver, but I honestly thought that he would be, you know, really low owned, like what you're talking about with Harmon. I, I'm not looking to get double digit exposure to a guy like that. I, I'll again, my my whole thing when we get to these high sevens, 
there's just a handful of guys there I feel just as comfortable with. Yeah, in the $8,000 level, it's basically Streelman and Keegan are probably going to push around 20% ownership, along with like Hovland and Neiman in the 9K area. But like everyone else is pretty flat in the 8K. You can kind of pick and choose, and the ownership's not going to burn you at all. So, you know, pick your poison of who you like the best, and you're going to be fine. This upper 7K level is where it looks like I'm going to have a lot of my investment. I really enjoy 2L Colin Morikawa. Like everyone's kind of, everyone's like enamored with the swing of Matthew Wolf. Obviously, Hovland's really good morikawa is a similar pedigree type player and he's yet to miss a cut on the pga tour since turning pro so why not i'm with you i'm not you know i'm usually late to the party i tend to wait probably too long with some of these guys to be honest but morikawa is a guy that yeah i've been quietly playing and he's churning it out and it's nice i think for him personally is hovland is taking all the spotlight DFS pricing, obviously, Hovland is, is in a different tier right now. And this guy is just churning out good finishes at Travelers. He was really good tee to green. Couldn't really get anything going putting. So I have no problem there. Obviously, JJ Spawn, he was one of the keys last week. He got, got it done. Uh, I think he's finally healthy, playing well. I have no problem with him. These are guys that I'm I'm more interested in than, than AK range. Yeah, so the guys that I actually have starred right now, and it seems like if I do like a double top build, I'll have one or two of these guys then drop into the sixes. I think that's the primary build that I'm going to go with this week. But I have Morikawa, Watney, Spawn, Charlie, and Duffner. I'm going back to Duffner. Like Herman, he missed the cut on the number, and the approach was still really good. It's like Hoffman. The ball striking was really good. The dude lost like three and a half strokes putting in two rounds. It's, it's not typical of Charlie. And now he's back on Ben where he's far more comfortable. If we think about Charlie, we think about Augusta. We think Bentgrass Greens. We think about Charlie Hoffman. We think about Texas Bentgrass Greens. This should be a better setup for him, I think. It better be. I've been playing him somehow more and more each week, and then it never works, and I go back. He had a string. It was three or four six-footers in a row last week. Uh, missed them all, and then he hit a 30-footer to give me life, and he still missed it. Um I'm I'm there. I'm with you. Let's keep it going with Duffner and Hoffman. These are two guys that they're so tilting to roster. I think that they're undervalued when you just look at, you know, a couple missed cuts near the number, they would be priced up and more popular. So I'm going to hang on with you. Yeah. One of the big things about Watney and let's see, it was Spawn there. No, Spawn didn't quite qualify. Uh, Hoffman and Duffner that in this field, they're top 20 over the past 24 rounds in terms of strokes gained off the tee, which just keeping it in play is step one this week. And their irons are actually pretty good to go along with it. And I look at someone like Duffner. You know, Duffner has five career wins and in two of them, he lost strokes putting. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's hard to imagine that he didn't lose strokes putting in the other ones. Cause I can't really remember him ever gaining strokes putting. Uh, but there's no doubt about his ball striking. Obviously it's just, there's no one in the world. I would rather have standing over two or three footer that I needed. Yeah. Well, I remember was it the U S open. They released that clip of him taking yeah, like three hours minutes for the two putter. I, I I'm still not sure if he was like trolling his playing partner for being a slow player or he just was legitimately rattled. Yeah. We don't know with him. That's the scary part. Uh, God, he's so just, it's a tough roster spot. I'm going to do it though. And then, you know, you mentioned how good Rory Sabatini's playing and, and you're not wrong. Cameron Tringali is Rory Sabatini light right now. He is also dealing. So, um, so here's, what do you think the projected ownership I have on Cameron Tringali is right now? Well, what I, what I would 9%. I have 19%. See, that's absurd. Every, I don't every, that. Everyone is seeing. No, because you just mentioned it. Everyone's seeing exactly the same thing. He's been awesome. He has. I just really. Oh, my God. See, that's one of those situations. I like Tringali. I'm not getting over. If, if he comes in at 19%, I'm not going to have leverage there. It's just not going to happen. Will, will you match the field because you seem to like him? Like, it's not a. As I figured out, it's not just super sharp to start fading guys you actually like and then rate out Ooh. well just because they're too high owned. Like, I feel like that's a mistake now. Huge mistake. That's that's one of the things about ownership that I think a lot of people get confused about. It's not like, oh, he's going to be popular. I have to fade him. Well, not if you really like him. You're just trying to measure, you know, the percentage of, of success, percentage of burning you. Uh, and Tringali is a guy that there's no doubt I'm I'm going to play him because I, I I like the spot. It's just, do I want a fourth of my lineups to have him? Probably not. And that's what you might need to get leverage. So the two highest projected guys I have in the $7,000 area in terms of ownership, Tringali, number one, do you want to guess who number two is? 
And we haven't mentioned him? We haven't mentioned him yet. And he was chalk last week and came through. Taylor Gooch? Seb Straka. Seb Straka. Wow, what a world. Off his six strokes gained putting. Um, I'm a Straka guy. Just This just has all the makings. We've seen this throughout the whole year. We had CT Pan chalk week. We had Domin chalk week once. Uh, I think Danny Lee had a chalk week in there. I don't know about all that. Are you going to go back? I know you're a Straka guy in life. Yeah, no, I like Straka. And just even to see everything correlate itself out, like statistically he rates out well. He's been playing really well. The ball striking has been good. But I'm just not going to eat the Straka chalk at this price. When I look at the, I look at players lower than him that I have better rated and I just have a bit more confidence in. Like Corey Connors has been very poor putting recently, but he's going to hit every fairway. And we've seen him like he's gained strokes twice this year in 15 tournaments. And they've both been on bent grass. I really like Corey Connors a lot. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Corey Connors is a guy we, we know how good he is. Uh, Tita Green, like, yeah, actually, Tita Green's probably not fair. He's he's awful around the greens, but ball striking wise, he's basically we talk about like the light, like if uh, Cameron Tringali is Sabatini light, Corey Connors is Keegan Bradley light. Fair enough. Um, which, oh boy, that's a it's a dicey. I mean, you just look at the putting stats; it's it's ugly. But you know what? Maybe these greens, if they're super flat, can negate that and. As we just talked about, if Keegan can gain 10 strokes putting in a given week, anybody can. Uh, and that's what putting really gives you. Uh, boy, looking at this range, I mentioned to you before the show, I took a peek at Luke List. I don't know if I can stomach it. He's been absolutely awful since the PGA. Just bet him. Just bet him? He's, he's 90 to 1. Like, just throw go. 10 bucks on him. You'll be like, oh, fine. Now I don't need to make these investments on DraftKings. I'm not. I, I haven't played Luke List in weeks. I've just bet him every week. Same as Siwoo. Just bet him. You don't necessarily need to play him on DraftKings. He will ruin your week. Oh, yeah. Siwoo's been awful. Um, And I'm sure he'll – I don't know if he's not healthy or what the deal is, but it hasn't been good. The guy that I did look to is Sam Burns a bit. He's another one. Gonna gain off the tee. Uh, really good – just aggressive driver. Rest of the game, not great. He can get crazy hot, though. I, I like him in a scoring environment. 7,300, no problem with that price. Burns is actually, I actually lied to you before. No, it is Straka. It's Tringali, Straka, Doc Redman uh, as the third highest owned, then Gooch and Sam Burns. Those are the high five highest owned guys at least projected right now of the 7K area. This is, this is a bizarre world situation. I don't. I really don't understand that. Fine. Then I'm, I'm pivoting all in the middle of the show. Now I'm going to Brendan Steele, who's right there. Oh, good God. Uh, yeah. He's making cuts. Don't hate on Brendan Steele, man. He's uh, starting to turn it around. Another guy that, you know, he's a good driver of the ball. He, in he, the form. he is a legend of the swing season. Legend of the swing season. That's what I'm saying. You know what? It seems like every course you just look to Sanderson farms and then take your players from there and you'll be just fine. So the guys that I like more, I like Max Homa a lot at $7,000. He actually rates out third statistically behind Brooks and Hideki in this field for what I'm looking at, at least recently. But dude also cannot putt. It's like why Connors pops every single week. But if you can get both of them on the same page and just be neutral putting, I think you're looking pretty good here. The other one, he was T15 in the field last week and birdies are better gained against the field. It somehow finished T46. Nylon, Dylon, Fratelli. Uh, He's going to gain off the tee, most definitely. The rest of his game, I can't speak to that. But he's long. He's accurate. It does seem like he should have a good week here. I mean, you're talking to a noted Fratelli guy. I I played him last week. I've oh, I play him every week, and it's just I don't know what is going on with his game outside. Yes, he is a, a pretty pretty good driver of the ball, but you know he's he's been scrambling well. The putter has been bad. I really feel like he hasn't gotten much out of these rounds. You know, he was good at Wells Fargo. Since then, it's been just ugly finishes. So I, I don't mind that just because we're talking about, you know, this field is very weak. I looked at him. I looked at Jonas Blixt, who's right there, but there's not a ton to like. And you're going to need to take someone in this low sevens, high sixes range for sure. If you had to eat the chalk with some of these guys, whether it be Burns or Straka or Gooch, I don't like Gooch's driving enough. His his irons are out of control good, although they were not last week. It was all putting if you actually go look at what he did. But he just sprays it off the tee too much for my liking. But in terms of someone like, oh, like Doc Redman, uh, who's really good off the tee, coming off the good week, yes, he's going to be super popular. Is that a spot where you would just look to someone else? 
100%. Doc Redman, unlike Tringale, unlike Burns, where I'm going to have to evaluate how much do I want, Doc Redman's just not for me. He was spectacular. He was the key last week, obviously, on DraftKings. I, I did not have him. I saw a lot of sharp people were on him. I'm not going back to him, though. I just If he garners ownership like we're expecting, I will let other people chase that. I will go to the other guys we just talked about. Trying to think of who some of the other, I mean, you're not on your guy, Bill Haas. I've been playing champ recently and it was looking really good until it wasn't. No, definitely not on champ. Bill Haas obviously is, he struggles with golf in general these days, (laughs) but he has gained off the team four straight events. That's the only thing I could say that's positive. Any, we've seen him score out of water. I guess that's the other positive. But other than that, it's bad. I'd probably play Wyndham Clark before him or just, do anything else well the other guy who's kind of lodged in here he's made four consecutive cuts the irons have been really good he's gaining off the team when he gets hot rolling the putter he's actually a pretty good putter it's Mackenzie hughes another one of your your boys um yeah i, I looked you know he was he was sneaky okay last week he's um, he's gained more than five strokes tee to green in three of his past four tournaments now you're gonna make me play this guy oh boy he's been good yes he, he is i just you know, I will say Mackenzie Hughes is a guy that I do like to target in scoring environments. He's not someone, you know, you get a windy, brutal event. That is not his forte. I, I like him more where it's you got to go low. You need 15, 20 under. So maybe I will look to uh, to Mackenzie Hughes. I should let everyone know if they want to play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open this week because it's the holiday. I mean, we just finished ours in Canada. You'll have yours upcoming for what I believe you call USA Day. Do I have that correct? Sure. Why not? So uh, with the Independence Day weekend coming up, a lot of people are now sitting this week out, especially after yeah. getting burned last week. So only 2,500 spots in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings open this week. You can find the link in the description of this podcast or video on Facebook. We cannot put the link on YouTube. That's how we got banned. We don't want to be banned for life or banned for a month or anything like that. So uh, I'll provide the link to my Facebook page. You can find it up there if you're not a downloader of the podcast, which is, you know, weird why aren't you doing that that could really help out the show but that's how you get in and you want to get the spot right away because i think there's already 1700 people in it it's already tuesday morning so that's going to fill very quickly the peoples at DraftKings underestimated the it's weird some weeks you know no one wants to play other weeks everyone wants to play it's a rake free event people it's only 15 bucks you can only put in three entries are you have you signed up yet i actually haven't this week i forgot Um, i forgot to i forgot to uh text you the link that's why I forgot. But yeah, I will. That's the first thing I go in every week because it's if you're if you're allocating funds, that's where you should be putting it. It's rake free. It's a great event. Uh, love that structure. So we'll see. I have made no noise in it. You, have you been close at all in, in your own event? I came close one week. I was in second all the way through like midway through Sunday. And then whoever I had went like bogey, 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 bogey. And I was like, 11th yeah, that'll get you. I think 11th was my best finish in the PME open. I could be wrong on that, though. But most weeks, I just don't cash any of my three teams. <laughs> that makes it even beyond rake-free, then. You're a man of the people. Yeah, I'm just giving away money. I'll give you 20 DK bucks on the show through a draw. I have a rake-free DraftKings event, and I'm a dead $45 every single week. So, you know, I am a man of the people out here. One of the big strategies that I'm going to try to employ this week to try to find birdie makers is there's the Fantasy National Stat Opportunities Gained, which is greens and regulation or fringe in regulation inside 15 feet. So scoring opportunities. That's what we quantify as a opportunity. That's just what we decided on. But I've matched that up in my columns next to birdies or better gained. And I'm looking at it as... I'm trying to find guys basically who rate really highly in opportunities gained yet are around like field average or even poor in terms of birdies or better gained. I'm looking at it right now. The guys that really pop off the chart over the past 12 rounds. So very short guys that have been, you know, hitting it very close recently, but not converting. Andrew Landry is the best of the bunch. It's him, Troy Merritt and Trey Mullenix and Charlie Hoffman would be the four high, like biggest differential between opportunities gained and birdies or better gained. What do you think about that strategy? I think that's interesting. Um, it's funny you say that because I got to a couple of those guys, you know, organically, but I think it's probably for those reasons. You know, someone like Trey Mullinax, I was looking for guys who have been struggling but are gaining off the tee because I do think that's important. And Mullinax, even during this stretch, he's a, he's a great driver of the ball. He's aggressive. Um, the rest of his game is not up to par, but he's obviously giving himself some chances. And this week, you know, if you, if you make some, if you can convert, that's kind of what you want to do. And we saw last week 
how crazy these type of leaderboards can get. So I'm not too far off on that, that type of strategy at all. I'm looking at Russell Henley. Why am I doing that? No, no, no. Don't take it from someone who knows. Don't do that. Uh, Russell Henley. He hasn't gained strokes putting since the Valspar championship. And this is a guy who's like historically a pretty good putter. Russell Henley on Fridays, he just doesn't make a birdie. Like he's sometimes four or five under through Thursday. And then it's just the number of bogeys he'll make you need to be minimal because he cannot score on Fridays. I've never seen anything like it. What happened to him? I'm a big Russell Henley guy, and it has just not been good at all. It's what an ugly year from him. Completely a lost year. Yeah, I don't get it. Like for a guy that, and like his thing was always he was so steady. T to green, he's always going to be really good. He makes some putts. He's going to be like T eight, and that guy has disappeared completely. Oh, it's just been. I have been playing Russell Henley uh, through this stretch, and it has been absolutely brutal. He had a really fast start. Um, in one of the events recently, it was either, uh, up in Canada or at travelers. He was five under on Thursday. It was Canada. I played him that week. Yeah. I, so did I, I remember. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I felt like a genius. And then it was just, nope, can't even find the weekend. So none, none for me. Uh, God, I, I'm just KH Lee. Any feel on that guy? I obviously another super iron player. Yeah. I, I don't have a good feel for him to tell you the truth. Me neither. I really don't. He gets crazy hot, but then, you know, when he's not, it's kind of in that gooch bucket. I'm not super high on, you got to be able to do something else. Even if you're just a, a great ball uh, iron player, I should say. Yeah. K- the one good thing about KH Lee is he has been really good off the tee, like long, like over the past 36 rounds, he's 14th in this field in strokes gained off the tee. He's gained in four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 of his past 15 events off the tee which, you know, it's pretty good this season. Uh, it's the irons. Like, the irons are either in fuego hot or ice cold. So maybe he is a guy to throw into a GPP lineup. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get down to the sixes, you're looking for guys. I, I've said this a lot, and this is at least what I believe. You want someone who at least can do one thing crazy good. If you have a crazy hot putter, Sure. If you're an incredible ball striker, obviously that's, that's great. Your short game's probably miserable, but what are you going to do? Um, so that's really what I look for down here, but there's not a lot to love. I mean, Steven Yeager, I looked at Hank Laboidia, people play him though. Um, it's pretty dicey. I'm just looking at the, like who's going to be relatively quote unquote chalky from the six K level. And I'm seeing, Josh Teeter's got some buzz around him. Lebiota has some buzz around him. Merritt has some buzz, but we're talking like 6% at best. These are like the highest owned guys. No one really seems to be dipping into the $6,000 area this week. Yeah, ownership's not going to really dictate what I do down here. I'm just going to try to take what I can see as, I guess, best available. Um, For lack of a better term, it's just it's a dicey situation on, on most of these guys. Uh, oh, hostler. Don't do that. People. Um, yeah. Harris English, Tyler Duncan. I mean, this field gets obviously very bad, very fast. So the guys that I have right now, I'm still iffy on Mullenix because, because he's been so shit with his irons, but I like Merritt at 69 and I do like Andrew Landry at 6,700 bucks. Yeah. You mentioned Landry as a guy that if you're taking that route of looking for maybe someone who hasn't got the most, out of their rounds um god what i'm gonna probably try to do because similar to the 8k to, to high sevens range i might go a little lower to be honest i don't see that much of a difference between the mid sixes and the high sixes so i might look to like the the strebs of the world and try to steal a couple hundred bucks like if you're going off the tee, the best guy from down there is Mayhan at 6,100. And uh, a lot like Scott Pierce, he just kind of fires at pins. I just have no conception of where his game is at. He missed the cut last week, and he was brutal. Missed the cut at Travelers. Maybe he's not in the uh, – but you're not going to get good form, or the guy wouldn't be 6,100 bucks is the problem. I guess Jim Konos is one. He's the best player in the field long-term on holes from 450 to 500 yards. Uh. The only thing appealing about that guy is I'm fairly certain I've never rostered him. So I'm always looking. I have, to break I, I, I have rostered him before. <laughs> really? That's yeah. 
Well, that it, is an improvement. Well, it's, it's funny. Like we've talked about guys that we like, like you said, Fertelli played well. You're kind of on Fertelli, Max Hama. You know, obviously he won the Wells Fargo. Konos was T13 at the Wells Fargo. He was in a nice little run, 22nd, 63rd, 13th. And now we're back at a course where it looks like he can hit driver at least, like Travelers, RBC. You know, that wasn't really an event for him, I don't think, but he tends to gain. He didn't have the Travelers, but overall he tends to gain off the tee, which is nice to see. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys. Obviously, Mike Cam Davis is a guy that I've tried to oh look at here, and it just doesn't work. Um, he's supposed to be great off the tee. Him and Seth Reeves are just pure bombers. Adam Svensson, he just couldn't putt. But again, these are guys, like you just mentioned, there's a reason they're this low. Um, Bobby Garrigus is in the field. I didn't even know that. Is he back, obviously? Yeah, I just uh, he was the first alternate. He snuck into the field. I just went and looked at his numbers. They're not great. He, uh, he hasn't no. been playing a whole lot of golf, old, old wet-ass Bob Garrigus. But <laughs> maybe it isn't. I mean, the, the putting is horrendous for Svensson, but let me ask you this. What if it wasn't? Who would he? Yeah, I mean, these guys are... <sighs> You know, it's an age-old question. What, what's going to regress first? You look at, I use Bo Hostler as the example because I think he's the perfect example. He was an incredible putter. And if he could have got his irons up to snuff, he would be rolling. What happened was the putting kind of died down and his irons were so bad that it was just impossible for him to score. So I'm more apt to, to look to a guy that says, all right, you know what? He's striking it okay. Can't really putt, can't, doesn't have a great short game, but it's 6,300. If you're in a jam, you're just trying to find the weekend. Matt Jones is another one who gains a bunch of strokes off the tee. Like I'm looking at Svensson and Prue and Scott Brown. I don't know if I want anything to do with these guys, to tell you the truth. <sighs> Prue was actually pretty good. He was T21 at the U.S. Open, T20 at Travelers, missed the cut last week, but gained six strokes on, gained uh, almost two strokes on approach in two rounds. Generally gains off the tee. Before last week, he had gained off the tee in five consecutive events. I think I might throw him in. Okay. I, I can get behind that. That's not awful. I'm going to last one last guy for me. And it's obviously a very friendly, a lot of people love to play him in DFS. He's missed a solid five straight cuts. Ollie lost eight strokes putting um, at rocket mortgage. He did gain off the tee. Obviously we've, you know, in the past we've seen Ollie show up here and there. He's a great scorer. I worry about him with all the water, but 6,500. I don't know. I, I could, possibly talk myself into it just a sliver of ollie i i asked jeff on monday's show if i had to set the over under at seven and a half as a score on any hole for ollie would you take the over or the under this week uh oh i'd take the under but if you set it at six and a half that could be a serious issue you know he's probably gonna throw up a double on a par five somewhere hopefully no snowmans though I mean, anytime that you inject water into any situation with Ollie, he is in it. The, the guy likes to get wet. It's a shame Ryan Palmer's not here just oh, for the all just water team. Oh, that would not be good. No, no, not good at all. Very, very disturbing. All right. I think that's everything. You got anything else to add for the Pat Mayo experience? 3M open? No, I mean, it's a new, the last thing I'll say is what I say on all these new courses. We, we don't know. We're going to find out on the fly. Try to correlate some lineups if you build a bunch. Take some irons, take some heavy off the tee types, take some scrambling lineups because we just don't know what's going to be pertinent. Did we completely disregard Keith Mitchell for no reason, considering he won at Honda? He's good off the tee and like the, the putter has just kind of abandoned him recently. That's true. Yeah. I, I was too busy blabbering about Luke List, who's just. <laughs> Same range and probably a much worse idea. It's actually like if you go and look at their stats, like it's exactly the same. Like except yeah. for Luke Liss is like putted well. He's like put it okay recently, but just gaining off the tee, losing everywhere else. That's yep. what Mitchell's Oops. been doing too. Yeah, it's they're dangerously similar. Um, how I don't know Keith Mitchell winning Honda is. I don't know about all that. That's very disturbing. Maybe that's something to look at for Honda. Like List was second there. He lost in a playoff to Justin Thomas. Then Keith Mitchell won the next year. Maybe we need to find like who the other like iteration of that player is. Maybe it's Fratelli. That would be good because that, that's something I'll actually have in the future. Um, man, that, it's, that seems counterintuitive to me, but I, I guess there is something to that, obviously. Sam Burns is going to take it down eventually, I guess. Sam Burns should. He's a really good Bermuda putter, but we're basically out of the Bermuda swing now. Yeah, he is a super Bermuda putter. That's the other thing with Henley, not that we need to ever discuss him again. 
even in Florida, though, it wasn't working, but he's another Bermuda guy. All right. So if you had to enter the draw this week and give me your one favorite player after smashing the like button and leave your DraftKings handle under $7,000, who do you think it would be? Under $7,000. I'm going to say Steven Yeager. Oh, Yeager? You didn't even bring him up. Yeah, no, I slipped him in there. Oh. Check the tape. I, I, that, I was that, went, that, went, that went right past me. Yeah, well, I was saying so many bizarre names, but he had played three quality showings at Byron Nelson up in Canada at Travelers. Then last week, you look, the stats actually were fine. You just lost uh, four-plus strokes putting. So it's a guy that we've seen, you know, he shows signs here and there. And if the off-the-tee game is trending upward, which it seems to be, I think he can find the weekend uh, and make some birdies for sure. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with, it's going to be Merritt or it's going to be Landry. I'll say Andrew Landry again this week. Eventually, the dude's got to make some putts, I think. I think. I'm not sure. Hey, he's won. He's shown up at U.S. Opens. He's, he's got some uh, things behind him. So I, I, I think it's a really interesting angle that you brought up, and, and that makes Landry certainly in play. All right, that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. 3M. Open DraftKings picks and preview. Ben, what do you guys got going on at awesomeo.com this week? Yeah, obviously everything is in full swing with golf, uh, doing all that, you know, articles, projections. We're also gearing up for football, obviously. I know everyone's excited, only a couple months away. So we're starting to do some team previews, things like that. We obviously got the baseball crew. We've got Wimbledon stuff, uh, which I know nothing about, but I do like to gamble on tennis. So that's always a good time. Obviously, you can sign up, use promo code JazzRaz. just going to be a fun year over there for sure. All right. You can follow me at the PME, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. Better get in quickly. You can find the link in the description of the audio podcast or up on Facebook.com slash the PME. My cheat sheet and write-up are up on DKPlaybook.com. And go back and watch Monday's show. Uh, later on this week, I'll have a cuss corner. I'll have football rankings and the UFC show. Other than that, come hang out with me if you are on the grounds at the 3MO Open at TPC Twin Cities on Friday. Uh, I'll let you know where I'm at. You can come over, you can come hang, you can like punch me for giving you terrible fucking advice all the time. But hey, whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll hang for a bit, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.